Hello and welcome to Plot Trist. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reading It's Getting Scott In Here by Susan Enoch. This was published in 2019 and is number one in the wild, wicked Highlanders. In other words, we're continuing Scott Week. Scott Week! <laughs> As usual, let's start with the jacket. Okay. Happily ever after, London socialite Amelia Rose Baxter is nobody's fool. Her parents may want her to catch a title, but she will never change who she is for the promise of marriage. Her husband will be a man who can appreciate her sharp mind as well as her body. A sophisticated man who loves life in London. A man who considers her his equal and won't try to tame her wild heart. In the Highlands, rough Rugged Highlander Niall McTaggart and his brothers know the rules. The eldest must marry or lose the ancestral estate, period. But Niall's eldest brother just isn't interested in the lady his mother selected. Is it because Amelia Rose is just too free-spirited? Yes. Brazen? Die. Surely Niall can find a way to soften up the whip-smart lass and make her the perfect match for his brother for the sake of the family. Just got a whole lot hotter. Instead, it's Niall who tempts Amelia Rose, despite her reservations about barbarian Highlanders. Niall finds the lass nigh irresistible as well, but he won't make the mistake his father did in marrying an Englishwoman who doesn't like the Highlands. Does he have what it takes to win her heart? There's only one way to find out. And that's read this book. Or, I mean, if you really want to know if they get married in the end, they do. Okay, so here's the thing. Bad jacket. It is pretty bad. Here's why. In a nutshell, um, she does not think I want a man who can appreciate my mind as well as my body. She's no. trying to reform herself into a meeker human. She is, yeah. Um, also, the contract does not say the oldest one has to marry an English woman. All three of them have to marry an English woman. So this is the backstory, because we're not going to get into this in our random numbers. A woman named Francesca. Francesca. An English woman named Francesca. Who was the daughter of, and the only child of a Viscount, I think. Who was a Viscount? Maybe so. an Earl, whatever. A nobleman. I think it was an Earl. So she's an English Earl's daughter, heir to the whole fortune, to the estate, just not to the title, because she's a woman. And she, one season, falls madly in love with a Scottish Earl who shows up, runs off to the Highlands with him, has three strapping boys, and then finally a young daughter. Mm -hmm. And she never really adapted to Highland life. Trope. So after the death of the daughter, she finally breaks and she's like, I need to spend time in London. I don't want our daughter growing up away from society. Like we need to come to a compromise and somehow what gets worked out based on whose parents preference it's sort of unclear is the three boys will stay with the father in scotland the mom will take the infant daughter to london and raise her there but then the mother's money has been funding the scottish earldom so the mother says i will continue paying the bills we will stay married but if our daughter gets married before our sons, I cut you off and I cut the estate off. And all three of the sons must marry English women, not Scots women. Yeah. And at least one of them must marry a woman I pick. <laughs> what? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's so stupid. And in addition, of, of course they're going to hate this, you know? 
And apparently the mother viewed this as a way to get her boys to England, but like, how? Yeah, it, it, the, the whole setup is weird. And you're also supposed to feel sympathy for the mother. Yup, you're supposed to think she's a very tragic figure. You know, and I just didn't. No, me neither. You know, and I, anyway, whatever. She abandoned the boys when they were between 7 and 12. Yeah. And they're, like, clearly pissed about it. Yeah. As they have a right to exactly. be. Exactly. They have absolutely every right to be annoyed that their mother. Annoyed. <laughs> so that's, the, the setup and, is. And, and, and uh, let's be honest, uh, traumatized by the fact that the oh. mother abandoned them. Super traumatized. And they've been cut off from their sister. Yes. So, of course, the little sister, the second she's turned 18, is already in love and already engaged. Yeah. And the mother said, okay, well, you have to have long engagement because we have to give your brothers a chance to not get cut off. Mm -hmm. And so the boys are all riding to London between the ages of 24 and 29 mm -hmm. with the guillotine above their necks yes. to save the family estate, forced to live with a mother who abandoned them and a sister they never knew. And all of them have to get married before their sister walks down the aisle yeah. in like a year. I mean, the, the whole setup is just, I, I understand it. Like, I understand these over-the-top setups because a lot of times, and a lot of times I enjoy them because they're fun. Well, and the, the stakes are real if you can believe the situation. Like, the threat of losing right. their ancestral home is a very real yeah. threat for the boys. That said, what was hard for me about this one is that you're, you, like we said, you're supposed to see the mother as a, more of a tragic figure and start to sympathize with her. And you're supposed to kind of think the guys are handling it badly. Yeah, which, and even if they are... They have, again, we said every right to, right. to be handling it the way they are. And so prior to showing up in London, the boys drew straws Yes, to decide who would have to marry the woman the mother picked as opposed to the random English chit. And the oldest son, the Viscount by honorary title, drew, drew the short straw. Yes. And the mother had already decided that the one she would find a bride for was the Viscount. Right. And so she has found a, a woman willing to marry for a title. Well, she's found... She's found a family who's willing to marry off their daughter for a title. That's the one. And the reason... I quite enjoyed Amelia Rose. Me too. I thought she was a fun character. She is not a wallflower blue stocking. What mm. she is is a woman who fought that she would be able to attract a man based on her own merits, which are not all that unique, but you know, she's outgoing, she's pretty, she's vivacious, she's fun. She's moneyed. She's moneyed, but because she is outspoken and honest. And because her parents are hell-bent on having her marry a title and won't consider men who don't have one. She has been left behind. So she's had four proposals. The first one we know didn't work out because she sent him into tears yes. a day. He was too dumb for words. And the next three all haven't worked out because her parents have rejected them. Though you get the impression that she wouldn't have found those men particularly engaging either. Right. Um, but I, I liked her because she's n she wasn't the typical romance heroine. No, and she did. She was witty. You yes. weren't just told you she was witty. You, you saw, saw her be witty, yes. and that's always a plus. You know what? We skipped our random number summaries. Oh, so let's go back and do them. Okay. The random number for this week was twenty-one. So take it away, Lane. Okay. Uh, her family wants his older brother's title, but attraction between Amy and Niall can't be denied. So it's off to Gretna. Here's mine. A society lady and a Scottish Highlander meet. Despite all circumstances keeping them apart, their shared mommy issues bring them together. Yep. So, okay. <laughs> now that that's out of the way, we can continue with our... So, story. lots of tropes. Lots of tropes. Yeah, did you know that Scots were the noble savage mm -hmm. of the 19th century? 
<laughs> had no idea. Yeah, in case you were wondering, they are. Scots is so subtle. So subtle. So subtle as a trope. Yeah. Um, both of them had difficult childhoods. Yeah. She's got an overbearing, meddling, marriage-minded mama. Yes. To the extreme. Yes. He does, too. Who constantly puts her down, yes. too. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a terrible And mother. the dad sort of seems like he's just there. He's cowed by the mother. Yeah. And he, as you already heard, uh, has a meddling, marriage-minded mama who also abandoned him when he was seven years old. Yep. So, some issues there. There's the arranged marriage, but this book is not an arranged marriage book because... The arranged marriage, marriage is between her right. and his oldest brother. Exactly. Call. Call. Yeah. So, eh. Um, it's one of those books where occasionally they result to seductive Celtic brogue. Yes. Where, like, he'll call her a Celtic word and it'll show up in yes. uh, uh, italics. Yes. So they do that a lot where, like, he'll only say certain words in Celtic. Mm -hmm. Well, we're Scots, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And Gaelic. I thought Gaelic was Irish. Yeah, I think Gaelic is Irish and Gaelic is. <gasps> Got Scotic. it. So yeah, so in Gaelic, he'll say a, a certain words only. I'm saying this. We will confirm and uh, listen to our next errata erotica. erotica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we already talked to the meddling marriage mind anonymous. Well, and he's got now, especially that all these siblings are back. The big crazy family. The big crazy family. And she gets ruined, ruined in society. Ruined in society. How are they gonna? Yeah. But, shockingly, not by being caught in a compromising position. Yes. So at least, I mean, ruined in society is still a stupid concept, but it was real back then, and it was kind of interesting to see her be ruined by something other than yeah. being compromised. Yeah. And this could have been a book where she's engaged to be married to the brother, but she sees the younger brother and has, you know, instant, you know, love at first sight, coup de foudre, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's not the case in this book. And I think... Enoch does a good job of showing this attraction growing between people who don't necessarily want it to happen. Well, and I think it's pretty clear that they are like capable of being attracted to each other from the very beginning. Yes. But I think it spoke very well of both of their characters that they both did not indulge it even in their own minds because it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it made me, honestly, I think the strength of this book, I really liked Niall. I liked Niall and I, I liked, liked I liked Amy. Yeah, me too. I liked them both a lot. I thought they were and nice I characters. I thought it made sense why they would want to be together. Yes. He, of all of his brothers, was the diplomat, was the peacekeeper, sort of wanted a relationship with his little sister mm -hmm. especially and a way to make that possible yes. and so you kind of understood what they could both give each other yeah on a practical level and then yes. they just liked being around each other yes they they enjoyed each other she he thought she was really witty and funny she thought that he, i mean obviously was very sexy but then also very understanding and listened to her he, mm -hmm. he truly listened to her which in my opinion, is a very sexy trait in these books. And they're both sexy people who are really into the other physically. Yeah. And I clearly that's always the case in these books, but it was just sort of nice to have a complete absence of insecurity from either one of yes. them. Yes. Yes. I liked it. Like they were both really into each other and both really attractive and knew it. Yes. It was really nice. My probably my favorite part in the whole book is she so basically she and Niall have had this attraction that's growing and they decide they know what they want to do uh, actually that's not true they don't decide they know what they want to do he decides that he knows what's best for her mm -hmm. and goes and sort of works everything out so that it's okay if she marries him 
And she goes to him and says, like, okay, maybe that is something that I would like to do, but you, number one, didn't ask me mm -hmm. if you wanted me to do that. And number two, just went and did it, mm -hmm. figured everything out without uh, even having an agreement with me first. Mm -hmm. And I really liked how she could point out that good intentions don't lead to good actions sometimes. And that he took it. And was like, you were right. I probably shouldn't have done that. Took the correction and went with it. And then fixed it. And fixed it. I loved it. I also liked, I think sometimes with books in general that have multiple POVs, mm -hmm. you sort of take for granted that the characters have full insight to the other's thoughts in the way you do, except when it's convenient to the plot. Yeah. And so the fact that in both of your he their heads, you saw them falling for each other. And in his head, you saw the benefit of a match with her. Yes. Does not mean that she, like, trusted his motivations, mm -hmm. which made sense. But because I trusted his motivations, I think a worse writer yes. would have made her inherently trust them, too. And to yes. have her challenge it in the way you just described, I really enjoyed. Uh, it was great. To me, it, it honestly was the best part of the book. Yeah, me. definitely. thought it was great. thought it was a great. And that leads to the fact that he was presented and was, I would say, for the first half of the book, the alpha hero you know he's strong he likes hunting and fishing he calls her a nickname but doesn't tell her what it means just like very alpha-y things mm -hmm. and then he makes this decision without clearing it with her and I think that in the alpha hero book she might she might have resented the decision but then said oh he I guess he was right he knew better all along and I think he was like a he's an alpha in sheep's clothing mm -hmm. You know, or he's a sheep in alpha's clothing. Well, and that's also sort of alluded to in other means, especially because Call's clearly the alpha yeah. of the three of them. Like he spent his whole life being yes. the peacekeeper and the yeah. sort of servant to his father, his brother, and his land. And yeah. so he's definitely more naturally inclined to not force his way. Yeah. And I liked him realizing that applied to women too. Yeah. It was, uh, I like it. I mean, you may be noticing a theme with me, which is that I like it when, when the women, the heroines call the men on their shit. Oh, it's so good. I also want to call out that he was explicitly not a virgin and it wasn't angsty and she was a virgin and it wasn't angsty. The, yeah. The, the sex was not angsty. It was. If, if there was angst, it was not about the sex itself. Right. Right. It was about the, the relationship. But even then, it wasn't the sex that was angsty. No, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. So that said, moving into sex, the one thing about it that I didn't get, so it was sexy, but I don't know why she decided to have sex with him when she had sex with him. Me neither. And weird. I want to talk about that in more detail, but first, did anything offend you? Okay, I, the only thing I could think of was really the whole barbarian Scott thing. Because basically, replace the word Scott with any other nationality or race, and you have an issue here, right? But... But... It, that's it. That's as far as I go. And it's also so prevalent. Yeah. Like at a certain point. I can't say this is, uh, this is just Enoch doing that. And it's also presented as a good thing in some ways. Yeah. And not clearly stereotypes and fetishization, like all of this is bad, but I don't know if you, if I had a 19th century Scotsman who wasn't 6'2 and built and in a kilt, I'd be sad about it. Yeah. You'd be like, wait, <laughs> are you actually from Scotland? Right. Like, I'm sorry. 
So yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, nothing about this book offended me. Yeah. I mean that, and again, that's just, that's the only thing I can say. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I don't know why. Me neither. They had sex when they did. So he goes to her place and sneaks into her room and they do it. No, she had told him he could. Yeah. Yeah. She, she told him, yeah, come on over. <laughs> and she, and he did. And then they, that she decided to do it because she wanted to have sex, I guess. I don't know. The motivation wasn't very clear. It was also, so pretty much, spoiler alert, she and Cole don't work out. Yeah. So like literally day one of her and Niall attempting to court outside the parameters of him acting as his brother's emissary is when they sleep together. Yeah. Totally agree with you. I was like, this is quick. There was not enough build up to this. Mm -hmm. I don't really know why she consented Especially because there were a lot of big conversations they hadn't had yet. Right. And they continued to have afterwards. I think he, because he was like, oh, so everything's settled. And she's like, actually, no, we still need to court. Yeah. But even then, a lot of the important conversations were instigated by her maid, not by her. Yeah. It, it a little bit, this book was failing is that it's not very sexy. Honestly. Yeah, Which is I hard agree. because the two characters are sexy. They're fun. And you get why they're so into each other. Yeah. And then the sex felt shoehorned in. Yeah. The, what little of it there was. Yeah. It really felt like this book was written. And then the editor was like, we need some more sex in here. And Enoch was like, okay, I guess I'll put it here. So is that typical of Enoch? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I don't, I don't have a large enough sample size. Okay. So the, the, the other one that I read was the carrot taming of a rake. You may remember, which yes. the sex did seem a little, uh, maybe out of place there too. Remember? Yeah. So it could be of the sample size of two. I would say that, yes, it is a trait. It, it requires more study. Yeah. So the, the first sex scene didn't feel very organic. Definitely felt shoehorned in. And then they flee to Gretna green together. Mm hmm. And you hear a passing reference to the fact that they've been having sex the whole journey up. They're in a carriage for days, guys. But apparently, one, they've only been having sex at night in the hotel, which missed opportunity. <laughs> and right? two, we're told about it, not shown it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Missed opportunities. So. Blaine, this book would have gotten four stars from you. Yeah. It's like, to me, this falls into the three because while I really liked the characters and nothing offended me and nothing stuck out to me about the writing, ultimately, it's a fun two people courting in London that yeah. could describe the entire genre. Yeah. And so the fact that there wasn't also any like exceptional chemistry or tension just means this goes into that. It was good. Yeah, I liked it. I would recommend it. I'm probably going to read this again in three years forgetting I read it. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest issue with this book is I liked Niall. I liked Amy, but other than that, nothing was memorable. Yes. Even their like memorable conversations were situations that I know I've read before. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yes, this did not reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's fine. Yeah. But I'm not going to remember yeah. this. And I mean, what was the major conflict in this book was that he wanted to live in Scotland and she wanted to live oh, in Oh, I was going to say that was she was engaged to his brother. Well, that's... <laughs> right. But once that is taken care of, because yeah. you, I'm sorry, you know that that's going to be taken care of. I feel like that's not a major conflict. Right. But the thing is, even the major conflict, as you just described it, is literally solved in 30 seconds with a conversation. Yeah. Which on the one hand, I want to applaud. Yeah. Because obviously we always love characters talking about their issues. But on the other hand, it meant if you're not going to give me substantive conflict, 
give me more sex. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. And so we just have to deal with like their parental issues. Yeah, which were just depressing. Honestly, yeah. Uh, they were, I'm not gonna say they weren't realistic. No, her mom was emotionally abusive. Yes. And his mom abandoned him and yes. then immediately wanted forgiveness. So they had complete and legitimate issues. Uh, there, Because there are books that I read where I'm like, mommy issues, whatever, that's really stupid. In this book, no, they were legitimate mommy mm -hmm. issues. That said, they because they were legitimate, I was like, oh, this is just sad to read about. Yeah. I felt awful for her whenever her mother was speaking. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, on the page, basically. <laughs> whenever her mother made any appearance at all, ever, anywhere, I felt really bad for her. Do you think her maid is going to end up with one of the brothers? I don't. Okay. But could be wrong. Do you think his sister is actually going to marry her fiancé? Because I have a feeling that she's going to marry a Scotsman and move to Scotland. On the other hand, the relationship was presented as like very sweet and cute and he was in love. And he's also like the seventh son of a Viscount. Yeah. So he doesn't have land. I know. And isn't tied to anything. Could, so couldn't they just move to Scotland? Well, yeah, but the sister doesn't want to move to Scotland. The sister, remember, was raised in London. No, I know. But she said she wants to visit and see what's up. You know what's... Okay, I'm, I think all I'm, of them are gonna end up back and forth. Making a prediction. I'm making I think the parents are gonna here. end up back together. Oh, that. And I think that's the. They're all gonna. That be one I feel like is you know that I would not take that bet because you know that's gonna happen. Yeah, so I think she's gonna be able to go to Scotland with her yeah. seventh son of a viscount husband. No, and her but parents. this is what I think is gonna happen: is that there's gonna be a tragic accident, and her the sister's fiance is gonna die. <gasps> And then oh. she's gonna fall in love with the Highlander. But he can't die until after all three brothers are married. Cause until, well, until after all three brothers are at least in love and going to be married. Because the stipulation of the agreement yes. is that the brothers have to get married before her. So if the fiance dies tragically, thus putting off her wedding, right. the urgency for them to find brides disappears. No, but the first three books will be about the brothers, obviously. Obviously. The third book, the it's going to be what's it call i'm sure it is going to fall in love with someone and then maybe the issue is going to be there's like a long engagement who knows maybe not even a long engagement but he's going to be in love with someone so of course he's not going to marry someone else and then her fiance is going to kick it i think this just feels so lighthearted. i can't picture a death in this series yeah i know but there is a bridgerton death for example yeah but and that series is super lighthearted. Right, but the person who died was never a character before their death. True. So, like, at this point, we do know Michael. Like, yeah, yeah. they didn't get a book, but he's not, like, yeah. just a passing reference to her fiancé. He's yeah. a character given lines and a personality. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm no, not saying you could this be is right. odds on. I'm not saying odds on here, but I am saying... I think it's a possibility. I think it's going to be a trilogy only about the brothers. I think it's going to depend on how popular it is. If it's like super popular, Ooh, Michael's gonna kick it. Maybe. We'll see. The next book is due out this month. I think. So we'll see what happens to Michael. This is not a real prediction. Tell me. But what I could see happening is Francesca says in this book she doesn't think Eloise has had sex with Michael yet. Mm -hmm. I think she has. I think she's gonna get knocked up. And, and the then wedding Michael's date's gonna, gonna have to get die. No, no, no. And then the wedding date's gonna have to get rushed. Oh. And so the brothers are gonna have less time than they think. 
and the third book it's gonna go from I thought I had a year to your sister's pregnant so you got like two months until she shows you know that's that's more likely than my scenario just because I feel like the mother speculating about Eloise having sex was foreshadowing of some kind oh yeah it's the smoking gun you know it's not smoking gun it's Chekhov's gun and like maybe it won't come to anything other than you realizing the mom was just naive about her daughter yeah but I could see that happening where the brothers right now think they have what like a year a year yeah. and a half or what's gonna happen is she gets pregnant we're gonna combine both here, Lane. And then they die. die. No, we're gonna combine both. She gets pregnant, the brothers have to get married really quick, and then Michael dies, so she's gotta find someone to marry her to save her reputation. And it's a Scotsman. Scotsman. Okay. Let's combine That's both a lot, her. Meg. That's <laughs> a lot. I say this, Suzanne, you can take my idea. Yeah, no, no. It's fair. This is just speculation. Totally. All right. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be with you next time.